it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go. Jets win it. Touchdown. Rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning. 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One. And it's time for another edition of the Jets Offseason Roundtable. And so for that, we bring back a multiple-time guest who has appeared on the roundtable, appeared on the roundtable several times before. Glad to have him back, taking some time out of his busy schedule because a lot of things going on in his world right now. Bob Cusack, executive editor over at The Hill. Bob, thanks so much for coming back on the show, man. Scott, thanks for asking me on. I really appreciate it and uh, enjoy uh, looking forward to this chat. I am too, because I know that when you're dabbling in a very serious world like you are covering the news... It's great to be able to escape and talk about something a little less serious, like your favorite football team. I know you're also big Mets fans. You're probably getting ready for the baseball season starting as well. But let's talk about the Jets and do a little postmortem here on 2023. Obviously, the big disappointment was Aaron Rodgers. We were all really looking forward to that. Thought it was going to lead to an excellent season for the Jets. Fell apart after four plays. Talk a little bit about your thoughts on the 2023 season as a whole. Well, Scott, it was very frustrating, as you know, and uh, uh, a lot of Jets fans feel that way. Uh, Obviously, you know, it was so exciting to see Aaron Rodgers. And last time I talked to you, remember, I I was not a fan of of getting Aaron Rodgers. But when he came out uh, that first game, that Monday night game with the flag, I tell you, I was pretty fired up. And then soon thereafter, uh, that was a roller coaster night and game. And it was kind of indicative of the season uh, where... There was a lot of hope at first, and then it was disaster, but then we beat the Bills, and 
in incredible fashion to end that game with the punt return. And then there there were signs that we could do it. We could make the playoffs at least um, because obviously the expectations went way down with Aaron Rodgers. But unfortunately, the quarterback play was just insufficient. Uh, Joe Douglas did not uh, do what he should have done and gotten a better quarterback than uh, than the ones who were backing up uh, Rodgers, obviously, with Wilson and and Boyle and Seaman, but those, those those last three quarterbacks really don't deserve, in my opinion, to be on a roster. And you look at the Cleveland Browns, yeah, they had quarterback injuries too, but they made they made the playoffs. So it was a very tough year, uh, and it's so frustrating as many Jets fans who are listening. You know, when you're late in the season, and and I'll bring up the the Washington game. I'm I'm right outside of Washington and Virginia, and. You know, it came down to a final kick, and it's just such a terrible position as a fan to be torn whether you want your team to win or not, because obviously draft picks are, are in play, high draft picks were in play, and and that's what I, I think was so disappointing is that we had another season like that. There's so many reasons why people had their hopes built up and had them come crashing down. Rodgers was the first one, and then Bob, like you said, some of these wins that they ended up getting after Rodgers got hurt that nobody expected. The Eagles win, which at the time looked miraculous, and then, of course, the Eagles ended up falling apart. That Bills win on 9-11. There were a couple of games throughout the season where you thought that maybe it was going to lead the Jets down the path to that playoff spot that the Browns ended up getting. The Browns found a way to overcome the adversity that they suffered losing their quarterback. The Jets weren't able to. When you look back at the season in some of those games, does it still feel somewhat surreal? That Eagles game in particular stands out to me, but also 9-11, the Jets finding a way to gut that one out after Rodgers went down. Yeah, very unpredictable. Uh, like the first Patriots game we should have won. Uh, in all honesty, we, we should have lost a couple others. I mean, that Giants game, I almost lost my voice. Uh, <laughs> that was one of the most frustrating games uh, to watch where I thought Tommy DeVito who obviously got better subsequently, but I was saying it's going to be typical for the Jets to lose to a Tommy DeVito, and they ended up somehow winning that game. So, yeah, there were games you didn't think that they had a chance like the Eagles and then pulled off an upset, and then other games they just disappointed so much. Um, I never really bought in that Rodgers was going to come back, and and honestly, why? Uh, Because the other thing is, okay, we all talk about four plays in, but with that offensive line, both we didn't have we didn't have the depth. We should have had more depth, but we were ravaged by injuries like a lot of other teams. Um, so if Rodgers hadn't got hurt on the fourth play and, you know, he probably would have gotten hurt down the road. So we really need to protect him. That's the bottom line going forward. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Bob, let's talk a little bit about the head coach, Robert Sallow. Where are you at on him? Uh, you listen, I'm, I'm more down than it was the last time I talked to you on both Douglas and Sala. Uh, I, I think... I think Salah, there are some games that, you know, the Jets really got up for, certainly the last game against the Patriots because of the losing, long losing streak that the Jets had endured uh, to the likes of Bill Belichick. So it was nice that uh, the Jets did win that game, though I know it affected their uh, draft status. But I don't think Salah had a very good year. Uh, I really don't. I, I think there were just some games they came out so flat uh, and and just couldn't get anything done offensively I didn't see a lot of creativity and yes you can look at Hackett the offensive coordinator but the coach has got to get involved too like some they they just didn't do a lot of I think creative things in most games to whether it's a flea flicker or misdirection uh, obviously their offense struggled throughout the entire year and just it's it, it's really remarkable though that uh, Brees Hall had such a such a great year behind a terrible offensive line as did uh, Garrett Wilson again a thousand yards uh, with with really just some of some of the worst quarterbacking I've ever seen in a season. So there, there there's hope, but I you know Salah has got to show me something this upcoming season, or, or honestly, he should be gone. Bob, were you surprised that there weren't any major changes on the coaching staff after what we watch, especially on the offensive side of the ball? You know, not so much. And, and this is where I, I this is another part of the reason I'm I'm still not fond of the the Rodgers move uh, because. Uh, while it did provide a lot of excitement on that 9-11 game, and there's certainly excitement going into next year, um, he is an aging quarterback. But but the issue is he brought so many people that he wanted, and the Jets basically listened to him. And whether that's uh, Lazard, who had a terrible year, or Randall Cobb, or Boyle, the backup quarterback, 
Um, and so I think Rogers kind of froze the the coaching staff. I think in a normal year, there I think Salah would be gone, but but Rogers likes the regime as is, and uh, now certainly Garrett Wilson has has certainly suggested uh, he wants to see some changes on the offensive side of the ball. And he said this basically can't continue because it, it was just atrocious and embarrassing. So. Uh, listen, I, you know, I, I think I, I think going forward, uh, we've got a good shot uh, to make the playoffs next year. But we do have an aging quarterback and and we're going to have to get a better backup. That's for sure. Let's go back to Joe Douglas, because you mentioned before that you're more down on him than you were when we talked last year. Explain to me why that is. Well, you know, McDonald, our first round draft pick, uh, that was we were going to get an offensive lineman, but. Partly because of the Rodgers trade, we we dropped down a couple slots and then Bill Belichick traded the pick and the Steelers stole that offensive lineman. So I just think Douglas didn't have the depth. Uh, he relied too much that Becton, uh, who was probably not going to be with the Jets anymore. Uh, we just had so many, so many problems and so many rotations. And, you know, you got to have depth on the offensive line. He did not commit to it as much. We didn't get much out of the first round pick. Maybe we should have picked a wide out there. Maybe we should have uh, picked some other position because we have so much depth on defense, which of course you want that as well. But I, I do think that you know if you it it comes down to your record, as Bill Parcells always says, and you look at the Sala record and you look at the Douglas record with the Jets, it's pretty abysmal. Bob, you mentioned Mackay Becton. I know it was an up and down situation, and this season it's weird because. He started out playing pretty well, then had a stretch where he was really bad, and then finished very strong that last game. Would you consider bringing him back? What do you think? No, I would not. I, I, it's disappointing, of course, because he has so much talent. Um, but he, you know, he he has complained about the Jets hierarchy and their decisions. And I'm not saying uh, those complaints aren't you know com- uh, aren't valid at all, but. I, I think he was a bit of a downer um, to to the Jets team and and didn't seem to be part of uh, the core Jets leaders. Uh, and that would obviously include Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, um, Mosley uh, and others. So I, I think it's time to to move on. And, and I certainly think that in the draft, we've got to seriously consider an offensive lineman. I want to come back to the draft in a bit because obviously that's going to be a very important part of the Jets offseason here. But I do want to ask you about the core of this team. And most of the best players on the team, other than Rodgers, obviously, were drafted in 2022. We know about Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson. What do you think about year two of that core? It felt like to me... Brees Hall recovered a lot quicker than most people would have expected coming off that major injury. Garrett Wilson had another really nice year with terrible quarterback play, which is what he did as a rookie. You saw Jermaine Johnson really blossom and take a step forward. And then, of course, we already knew about Sauce Gardner, but he showed this year, I think, beyond a shadow of a doubt that his rookie year was no fluke and he really is this good. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have playmakers. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, remember back in the the Jamal Adams era, I mean, other than Adams, we really didn't have um, great players. And we had some decent players. And now we I, I i would dare to say we have some great players. I think Garrett Wilson is a great player. I think Hall is a great player. Um, you know, I understand why Douglas signed Cook because we needed some type, Dalvin Cook, we needed some type of backup because I certainly thought, and most people thought that, well, it's going to take a little time for, for Hall to recover. Well, 
<laughs> he recovered very quickly. Um, so we do have definitely some talent on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but if you can't block uh, and if you can't throw consistently, and that's what drove me crazy about Zach Wilson, whether it was in the preseason game where he, he throws one nice pass. You know, I play tennis and I can I can uh, play it in college and I can serve aces, but I'm no no uh, Djokovic. OK, so <laughs> you've got to show consistency. Zach Wilson showed none. But I think there is room for hope because Hall and and Garrett Wilson are phenomenal talents. Bob, I wanted to ask you about Bryce Huff because talk about Jermaine Johnson before, but part of the equation here is that the Jets drafted Will McDonald, who you mentioned in the first round out of Iowa State. The year before that, it was Jermaine Johnson. And then out of nowhere, Bryce Huff turns into this outstanding pass rusher. Now, before this, he'd been more situational. He played a lot more this year. And the worry was that the more he played, the less good he'd look. But that's not how it turned out. He ended up being one of the most effective edge rushers in the league, a position the Jets have been trying to fill for a really long time. And now he's a free agent. So the question becomes, do the Jets franchise tag him? Do they pay him? Do they tag him and then trade him and try and get picks that they might be able to use to help rebuild the offensive line? What do you think on the Bryce Huff situation? It's a great question because he's he's another incredible talent, um, but doesn't play uh, a lot uh, as far as percentage of snaps. But when he does play, he puts a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And it would be so, uh, I think, painful uh, for Jets fans to lose such a talented person. And yes, there are backups. There are people who could possibly replace Huff. I, I wonder if they can get some type of deal so... He's happy because he deserves to get paid. That's for sure. And he indicated as such that he's he he's uh, uh, open to, to anything in the future. He wants to get paid and he's just, he deserves it. I just wonder if there's some type of and I've seen I've read a couple articles where there are comparable players out there that may not be getting the most money. Um, but there are, uh, you know, ways I think they could sign him to a, a multi-year deal. I think they should keep him. Uh, the guy is a great team leader uh, and he's so talented. At the same time, uh, if he's asking for way too much and, and wants to to be among the you know top five uh, linemen on the defensive side to uh, to get paid, well, that's going to be too much money. So then you got to look at other options. What do you think about free agency, Bob? What do you think the Jets should be focusing on primarily? It sounds like you really want them to go full blast at offensive line. I don't know that there's a lot they can do there. That might be something they have to do in the draft. There's some bigger names at wide receiver. Some may become available. Some might get franchise tagged. What do you think? I Listen, I, I, I agree with Sauce Gardner, who recently said they've got to uh, look at free agency on uh, for wide receivers. I think you got to look at somebody like T. Higgins. Now, listen, Alan Lazard is going to come back. He was signed on a four-year deal. He he, he really had a just a, a bad year. And, uh, you know, hopefully he comes back and, and Salah indicated as such that he can have kind of a comeback year. However, you can't count on that. And you've got to look at whether it's uh, Higgins, if he becomes available from the Bengals, Mike Evans, a little older, but is is a great wide out. And, and listen, we have a number one. Garrett Wilson is clearly a number one wide out. However, we need a number two and we really didn't have. Uh, a number two, uh, whether that's, you know, our, Conklin was OK at tight end, no, not incredible, but but solid year. Uh, but the other wideouts uh, just were either inexperienced or had had rough years. And honestly, a couple of them, as I mentioned, 
were recommended by Rodgers, and that was Cobb and, and Lazard, and, and they had bad years, really. The people that Rodgers wanted around them, they, they, they really contributed to a bad year. Does it make you a little bit nervous, the amount of power that Aaron Rodgers seems to have over the organization? Absolutely. He is a player, and certainly the quarterback, as other quarterbacks do, should have input, um, but they shouldn't be making making the calls. Now, this is a situation where, unusual situation, where they had all their eggs in one basket with Rodgers, had a catastrophic injury, okay, and that really has given uh, Douglas and Sala a, another year, but everything uh, is on the table next year. Uh, so you, the pressure is on. So if Douglas and, and Sala uh, do their jobs, we should make the playoffs. And listen, we all want to win the Super Bowl. It's been been so long. I wasn't even born in 1969. Um, but but let's make this playoff. Let's end this playoff drought, which and the Jets, of course, own the longest playoff drought in the NFL. Uh, so this is a key year. Let's talk draft. The offensive line has to be top priority, you would think, just based on the fact that in free agency, there's not much there. And we saw what happened with this offensive line. Plus, on paper, they're going to need to replace two of their tackles anyway, unless they bring Mekhi Becton back, which doesn't seem that likely. Dwayne Brown at 38 years old, you have to figure coming off an injury will not be back either. So they're going to have to be investments made there. What do you think about the draft? What should the Jets do there? Because remember, they are missing a second round pick because of the Aaron Rodgers trade. So they've got a first, a third, two fourths, and some late round picks, including a couple of seventh round picks that they got as compensation picks. What would you do in general when it comes to the draft here? I, I think they there are two, if you look at the, the, uh, the uh, mock drafts, there are two offensive linemen that are uh, projected to be uh, in, in the top 15 and, and maybe maybe top 10. Uh, and and that's one from Penn State, one from Notre Dame. And, and, and now there are others that are behind them that, are, that possibly could move up. I just I think both in free agency and in that first round pick and and perhaps beyond. You mentioned we don't have a second round pick. I think we've got to get uh, one of the top two offensive linemen, if not top three. Uh, and listen, yes, we could get a, a wide receiver. But I, I really think it's got to be an offensive lineman in, in the first round. And if those two top guys are gone, which is a po- distinct possibility, maybe maybe a trade down a bit um, and and try to pick up some picks. But without a doubt, I think their first rounder has got to be on the offensive line. Bob, anybody that listens to these roundtables every year knows I like to ask about everybody's thoughts on the team, what they should do in the year coming up, what happened in the year that just passed. But also, I like to tie in a question that involves the Jets and the world that the person comes from. So in this case, you, of course, the executive editor at The Hill. You've got a news background. And I was curious about Aaron Rodgers when it comes to how you would cover him if you were a reporter covering the Jets here in New York or even on a national level. Because I asked this to my friend John Grella who was the director of communications for the Tampa Bay Bucks for three years. So he comes from the other side of this, where I asked him, how would you handle this from a comm side in the Jets org with Aaron Rodgers? Now I want to ask you, if you were the editor of a paper locally, or you were a reporter covering the Jets, either way, here in this area, and you had to deal with Aaron Rodgers, how would you cover the non-football stuff? Now, me personally, I don't care about any of it. But I realize that 
there are some people that like to read about that stuff and the headlines grab people and all of that. How would you handle the Rogers non-football material as a reporter, as an editor and all of that? Well, listen, you know, I, I grew up I grew up in New York City and grew up on the New York Post sports section, which I think is still a great sports section. And obviously, uh, I, I think you've got to cover him as a football player, but you've got to cover him as a celebrity. And as you remember, he was going to Knicks games uh, and he was the big celebrity after the Jets finally landed him. And and most Jets fans were super excited. I was not among them. I was excited, but not super excited, especially because they had to give up, I, fair, I think, a fair amount of capital when it was clear the Packers were were going to move on and have moved on. I, I think it's okay. I think in especially in New York, you've you've got to cover uh, the social scene. You've got to cover what he's doing and what people are saying. And he's a player, um, but at the same time, you got to keep it to sports. I mean, we, we've seen that nothing against Taylor Swift, but we've seen kind of a <laughs> a uh, swift response to her pun intended, uh, and, and a little bit too much of the celebrity stuff as opposed to to football. So I think you got to keep the focus on that. However, that does bring other that aspect does bring in other fans. My wife, uh, yeah, I mean, she's not a football fan, but she watched some of Hard Knocks with me because she thought it was kind of an interesting story about Rodgers. Um, and, uh, but she also said at first, she said, who is that old guy? <laughs> so uh, that, that's the concern. You know, he's getting a little bit long in the tooth. <laughs> Actually, since you brought up Taylor Swift, I'm curious about that too. What are your thoughts as far as the media coverage there? I get it because on the one end, obviously Taylor Swift is a huge name. She's going to draw in people that don't even necessarily watch football on a regular basis, sort of like you were talking about with your wife before. But then at the same time, it could beat people over the head that are football fans and they just roll their eyes. I would assume that it's probably more good than bad to feature Taylor Swift a fair amount of times, or at least just show her on TV when she's there, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, listen, I, I saw, I remember years ago seeing a, a 60 Minutes interview of Taylor Swift, and I think she's very impressive, obviously, a superstar, and I have a couple daughters who've seen her in concert, uh, not most recently when it was out of control, but it was still a little pricey back then. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I think she's a respected artist, but when when you're going to mix up uh, football and stuff, you're going to get the the hardcore football fans who are like, I am tired uh, of Taylor Swift. Um, and, and my friends sometimes do. What's the over under on how many times they go to they go to Swift as far as the TV camera? But I, I listen overall, I think I think it is good. I will say this. I think the ultimate twist to this story would be we all know Aaron Rodgers is a huge Swifty. He was at the concert at MetLife Stadium. He rattled off all of her songs when he was asked by the Jets video team. What if Aaron Rodgers in the end swoops in and steals Taylor Swift away from Travis Kelsey? That would be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> I I think the internet may may break. <laughs> that would that would be that would be quite the, the gift to the New York media, wouldn't it? Oh, without a doubt. That would be the craziest story ever. It would be such a huge story that even you would have to cover it nationally with The Hill, Bob. Bob Cusack, by the way, who is the executive editor at The Hill, does a great job over there. Thank you so much for coming on and going through the 2023 season with me post-mortem and, of course, talking about what you think the Jets should do in 2024 here in this roundtable. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything you're doing at The Hill, and I say this all the time, forget about politics or any of that. It's just good to know what's going on in the world, and I think The Hill is one of the places where 
you can go and get straight news without a lot of that partisan spin. It's hard to right. find it. I think you guys do a great job of that. So I'm glad that you're out there. Talk about how people can find what you're doing and really dive in on that stuff without having all the spin that they may not want. Yeah, you can go to thehill.com and 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 we are down the middle. Uh, I actually don't vote in presidential election years. Uh, so some journalists vote, that's fine. But we like to call it like we see it. So I'm a partisan sports fan, but uh, in <laughs> politics, I like being the referee. So if you go to thehill.com, whether the Democrats are up, the Republicans are up or down, doesn't matter. We, we call it like we see it and appreciate the kind words. When it comes to the Jets and the Mets, you're very partisan. When it comes to politics, you got no dog in the fight. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Make sure you check out everything Bob's doing over at the Hill. Check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time. doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. <laughs>